we wish you welcome. Also, our listeners, we wish you welcome. And we pray that our Lord Jesus, who is the Lord of peace himself, will keep us in his peace, no matter what today is like. No matter what today is like, no matter what today brings, that he be with us all. Amen. We're going to Matthew 20, starting at verse 17. All of the Lord's ministry in Perea, that is the area east of the Jordan River, that whole area there was taking the Lord steadily to the cross. It had been three times that the Lord talked to his disciples about the cross. We find it in Matthew 16, verses 21 through 28, where it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show <coughs> excuse me, unto his disciples <coughs> how that he must go unto Jerusalem, and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Also in Matthew 17, he speaks about it in the verses 22 and 23. And while in Galilee, now he's in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, his disciples, the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And now again the third time we find in Matthew 20, the verses 17 through 19, and Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said, unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the unto the chief priests, and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. So look at this and notice the physical and geographical movement of this portion of Scripture. Jesus and his disciples were to go up out of the Jordan River to Jerusalem, which we read in verse 19, and where he's going to die on the cross. Our Lord couldn't put it any clearer than that. And this is the third time he's telling this to his disciples. And in full detail. And he tells them exactly what's going to happen. Because he knew every detail step by step. And still, he went through with it. But somehow or other, his disciples just couldn't understand it. Rather, they couldn't grasp it all. They couldn't fathom it. It was so different from what they had been preparing for in their hearts and their minds, what they had been expecting. 
But as we see it now and read it, it was the Lord's intention to go to Jerusalem. He wanted to go. He wanted to go to Jerusalem. He went there on purpose to die there. Yes, for you and for me. For the sin of the whole world. That is why he went. Not because they made him or because they caught him and made him submit to them. No, because he let them. Because through his death, we all may have life. And that is what he wanted for us. Life eternal. And that's a long, long time. So the verses 17 through 19, now from the New, New International Version, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, and on the way he took the twelve aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. The Lord Jesus knew all along all that it meant for him and the bitter cup he had to drink to the very last drop. Some teach that was what was going to happen to the Lord came to him bit by bit and that he didn't really know all that was before him. But we see here that he knew it all in advance. He knew everything that would happen in Jerusalem because his own spirit, the Holy Spirit, had revealed these sufferings already in the prophet's but Peter talks about in First Peter chapter one verse eleven from here from the Living Bible, they wondered what the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about, for he told them to write down the events which since then have happened to Christ, his suffering and his great glory afterwards, and they wondered when and to whom all this would happen. And what an amazement and sacred hush. This must have been upon the disciples as he let them know what road he was going to travel. Mark records that they were amazed and even though they were afraid, they still followed him. It says, Mark records this in Mark 2 verse 32, it says, and they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them. And they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him. In Luke's Gospel, the Holy Spirit gives further particulars when Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. We find it in Luke 18, verse 33. We're starting at verse 31. It says, And Jesus took the twelve on one side and spoke to them, Listen to me. 
We're now going up to Jerusalem and everything that has been written by the prophets about the Son of Man will come true. For he will be handed over to the heathen. And he's going to be jeered at and insulted and spat upon. And then they will flog and kill him. But he will rise again on the third day. And then verse 34 tells us they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. Only Christ Jesus himself knew of everything that was ahead of him and the meaning of it too. And the time, the hour came closer and closer for which he had come into the world. And when he was to be delivered up and to die, scripture shows us that his shows us that his face that his face was set as a flint to go up to Jerusalem. And again he gave his disciples the same message. Nothing came as a surprise to the Lord. But the disciples felt a certain uneasiness about it all, sure. So, this is how the last journey to Jerusalem begins. From Mark 10, verse 32, from the Philip's Bible, they were now on their way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus walked on ahead. And the disciples were dismayed at this, and those who followed were afraid and once more, he took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was going to happen to him. And Luke records that they didn't understand what was happening. Luke 18, verse 34 from the Living Bible. But they didn't understand a thing he said. He seemed to be talking in riddles. As we said, all of the Lord's ministry in Perea had been gradually taking him closer to the cross, and soon now he would be crossing the Jordan River and going to and through Jericho. Jericho was below sea level. And then there was this steep, winding road up to Jerusalem. About 2,550 feet above sea level. As to Stanley M. Horton. And it was correct to say going up to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is higher in elevation than the rest of the region. Jerusalem is about 1,700 feet higher in elevation than Jericho, for instance. And if the Lord was on his way to Jerusalem, then it meant that he would be traveling from Perea, from the eastern side of the Jordan River Valley, to Jericho, on to Jerusalem. 
And although Jericho is northeast, northeast of Jerusalem, travelers go down to Jericho when they come from Jerusalem. The Jewish historian Josephus, who lived from 37 to 93 AD, he gave an explanation that the first century road was approximately 150 Roman stadioi, or about 18 miles long, and a traveler descended from Jerusalem's height approximately 2,500 feet above sea level to Jericho's depth, some 825 feet below sea level. And in that sort of geographical space, the descent was approximately six-tenths of a mile. And travelers, merchants, pilgrims, soldiers have for centuries gone down to go up traveling from Jericho gone up to going down traveling south to Jerusalem. And such a dramatic change in height brought with it a startling rapid shift in environmental conditions that must have proven exhausting for anyone making the journey. The steep and confined slope encouraged the formation of a rain shadow. Wind and moist air are drawn by the usual winds to at the top of the mountains where it condenses and precipitates before it crosses the top. And the air, without much moisture left, advances across the mountains, creating a drier side called the rain shadow. And while Jerusalem received about 20 inches of rainfall a year and experienced a Mediterranean climate, Jericho received only eight inches of rain a year and was more African in its climatic orientation. In fact, Jericho was and remains an oasis situated in the middle of the desert. It would have been desert itself except for the presence of the water source commonly referred to as Elisha's spring. And the climatic changes produced unique environmental markers. After the point along the journey, journey where the rainfall amounted to 16 inches annually, there were no more trees. After the 12-inch rainfall line, vegetation was reduced to a cover of steps, shrubs, and finally, at the eight-inch eight line and beyond, only desert plants were found enough to moisture, found enough moisture to survive. 
and even without the ever-present threat of bandits, it was a precipitously, reckless, arduously, arduously difficult, dry, and dangerous trek. This from the American Bible Society. And Jesus took the Jordan Valley road through Perea that ran from the southern end of the Sea of Galilee to the ford at Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. And as they were walking the hot desert road from Perea to Jericho, the Lord Jesus took advantage of this opportunity to take his disciples apart by themselves, away from the crowds, and reminded them, now, then, for the third time, that at the end of the road was the cross. Mark 10, 32, 34, and they were in the way going up to Jerusalem and Jesus went before them. They were amazed and as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. Now Luke puts it this way in chapter 18, the verses 31 through 34. They were now on their way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus walked on ahead. The disciples were dismayed at this, and those who followed were afraid. Then once more he took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was going to happen to him. We are now going up to Jerusalem, he said, as you can see, and the Son of Man will be betrayed into the power of the chief priests and scribes. And they're going to condemn him to death and hand him over to pagans who will jeer at him and spit at him and flog him and kill him. But after three days he will rise again. When they were still back in Perea, some parts of these discussions had taken place outside the house, sure, together with others besides the disciples, but 
that was not the case here because these discussions took place on the way to Jerusalem and exclusively with the disciples. The Jewish religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, did have the power to condemn someone to death, although they could not carry out the death sentence because of the Roman authorities. And for this reason, they had to hand over the Lord to the Gentiles, that is, to the Roman soldiers. Jesus knew all these things ahead of time. He knew he would be ridiculed by the Roman soldiers, that he would be flogged, as the Romans would flog their victims and be crucified. He knew all this. And even so, he was sure that his death would be a victory. On the third day, he would rise from the dead. And even though the Lord had spoken of his suffering and death earlier, and even though these happenings were so very close now, were about to happen so soon, the disciples didn't understand what the Lord was talking about, what he meant. And this wasn't the first time that the Lord Jesus had mentioned his death to the disciples. Way back, as recorded in Matthew 12, the verses 38 through 42, some of the scribes and Pharisees had said, Master, we want to see a sign from you. Perhaps you remember that incident. But Jesus told them, It is an evil and unfaithful generation that craves for a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was in the belly of that great sea monster for three days and nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up in this generation in the judgment and will condemn it. For they did repent when Jonah preached to them, and you have more than Jonah's preaching with you now. The queen of the south will stand up in the judgment with this generation and will condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to the wisdom of Solomon, and you have more than the wisdom of Solomon with you now. And sure, it had been announced as early as Genesis 3 that Satan would bruise his heel. It was already said. Genesis 3, the verses 8 through 15, New International Version. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. 
And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals, You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And you will strike him on the heel. That is all Satan was able to do. However, the shadow of the cross hung over the head of the Lord from the moment he was born. And he had told his disciples so. And what would happen? Now here Peter had tried to rebuke, to scold the Lord. His Lord was not going to suffer. We find it in Matthew 16, verses 22 and 23. This also from the New International Version. Peter took the Lord aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So, Luke, he tells and records the big story in chapter 18, the verses 31 through 34. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. And the disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they didn't know what he was talking about. 
J. Campbell Morgan in the Gospel according to Matthew points out, Jesus gave accurately the details of his coming death and resurrection. And there's no question about his certainty of it. There's utmost accuracy in the details and a calm, quiet knowledge of the actual things before him. Back in Matthew 17, verse 23, when the Lord told his disciples that he would be killed and be raised the third day, it says, they were exceeding sorry. But now here, not a word came from their lips that was recorded at least. Very likely, they were, they were stunned, stupefied, rendered speechless. Remember their Lord who did so many miracles, people loved so much that happened to him and Mark records that before the Lord Jesus gave them this prediction that the disciples were understandably amazed and afraid sure they were Mark 10 the verses 32 through 34 let's see it in the Philip's Bible the last journey to Jerusalem begins he writes and they were now on their way up to Jerusalem and Jesus walked on ahead on that hot hot climbing road step for step and the disciples were dismayed at this and those who followed were afraid and once more he took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was going to happen to him we're now going up to Jerusalem he said as you can see and the son of man will be betrayed into the power of the chief priests and scribes they're going to condemn him to death and hand him over to the pagans who will jeer at him and spit at him and flog him and kill him but after three days he will rise again and really they didn't understand much of what the Lord was telling them that's according to Luke chapter 18 verse 34 from the New International Version the disciples didn't understand any of this its meaning was hidden from them and they did not know what he was talking about of course they were kept out of these things because these were things that pertained between God and the forces of evil the disciples wouldn't have understood since they knew the Lord ever so much as a man someone they could speak to they could touch they ate with putting all these passages together all these verses it seems that the disciples had some kind of misgiving some inkling of apprehension that this visit to Jerusalem yeah I guess it was going to be risky even treacherous but still they couldn't understand why and they just couldn't bring themselves to understand what the Lord was telling them and that is why we're reading this that we understand therefore let's read it one more time and remember and know Matthew 20 the verses 17 through 19 this time from the Phillips Bible 
Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem on that hot, tiresome, climbing road he did for you and for me. Then, as he was about to go up to Jerusalem, Jesus took the twelve disciples aside and spoke to them as they walked along. Listen, we are now going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the heathen to ridicule and flog and crucify. And, not but, and it's part of it, on the third day he will rise again. Believe it or not, react to it or not. It's all up to you.